Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. U.S. stocks, their little change to lower as global equities sought a fifth straight advance amid mixed corporate earnings and higher oil prices. Emerging currencies are halting a rally after Singapore unexpectedly loosened monetary policy. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is little changed at 17,908. The S&P 500 is down a point to 2081. And the Nasdaq's down a tenth of a percent or six points to 4940. Ten-year Treasury down 432 seconds. 1.77%. Yield on the two-year, 0.76%. NYMEX crude oil is down a tenth of a percent or four cents to 41.72 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 1% or $12.20 to 12.36 an ounce. The euro, $1.1277. The yen, 109.10. Bank of America posting a first quarter profit that missed analyst estimates as trading and underwriting revenue dropped and energy loans soured. The stock is higher right now. It's up 1.5% at $14. Consumer confidence climbing for the first time in a month as perceptions about the world's largest economy jump by the most in more than a year. The Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index rising to 43.6 in the period ending April 10th from 42.6 the prior week. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you so much. With his work at the Federal Reserve System years ago on banks, and bank mergers, legendary Credit Suisse, among other places along the way. Michael Mayo joins us from CLSA. Mike, you were the harshest critic of the sell side on governance issues at Bank of America. Did you observe a different Bank of America this morning? Well, Tom, I still have a love-hate relationship with Bank America. And what I love about Bank of America is the franchise that goes throughout the United States, I love the balance sheet of Bank America. They have record capital and liquidity. This is a resilient bank. And I also love their growth in traditional deposits and loans. I mean, this is really a strong Main Street bank, and you saw some of that uh, this quarter, although you also see that the Wall Street portion of Bank America uh, has weakness like the industry, lower trading, lower deal-making, lower wealth management. But So I love the franchise. I love the resiliency. But, Tom, I, I still hate uh, their returns. Uh, their returns are still way below uh, what we would say the cost of capital. I mean, if you can't generate returns above 10 percent, then what's the point? And they also have among the worst efficiency in the industry. And, Tom, as you know, you know, we hate the oversight and governance at Bank America. There's still no time frame for any key financial target. We need to hold uh, the right. management team accountable. So I'm going to the annual meeting in a couple weeks, and I'm going right. to be asking questions, not just to the CEO, but of the entire board. Within the bank earnings uh, soiree we're in right now, what is your single best buy and why? You know, we like Citigroup. Citigroup is the problem child that you know, was getting D's and E's, and now we think they're going to get, you know, kind of C plus, B minus. So they're not going to best in class yet, but we think the delta, the change from where they've been to where they're going to uh, should be about the best in the industry. And you saw that yesterday of the uh, eight large banks, uh, seven of the eight had issues 
with what's called the, the living wills. That's the government program uh, where the banks have to uh, establish a plan on how they would dismantle themselves in a doomsday scenario. Citigroup was the only one of the eight banks that did okay, and we think that's right. indicative of some of the progress that they're making. Well, is that Michael Corbett? Do you give him as much credit as you uh, as you complain about to Brian Moynihan? Well, these are both, you know, you know, D students getting better at Citigroup. Citigroup has some issues. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they need to be held accountable. They need to also improve the return on equity, whether it's Citigroup or Bank America or a regional bank, Comerica. These are all banks right. with return on equity way below the cost of capital. If you can't get above, you know, 10 percent, then you need to restructure or think about management changes. Michael, I want to give you one more question. We thank you so much for your quick response. We'd like to get you on in the next few days as well. Michael Mayo, Charles Peabody said the other day, look, this bank, that bank, the other bank, there's all these challenges. When they get through this post-crisis hurdle, these banks will mint cash flow and distribute it back to shareholders. Do you agree with your colleague, Charles Peabody? Yeah, we have independent thought, but Tom, this is the first time in 20 years that we've recommended all four of the largest banks at the same time. For us to be recommending Bank America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, and Wells Fargo, again, the first time in two decades. So we are bullish on banks uh, more so than any time since the 1990s. Michael Mayo, thank you so much with CLSA Americas. Greatly appreciate it. We'll hope to have Mr. Mayo on here in the coming days as we see May more bank. Boy, that's what we love about surveillance folks. We can bring you perspective from people who are, are within the street and know whatever it is, in this case, Global Wall Street. That's always a great thing. Even better, Mike Mayo and Michael McKee agree on one thing. They need expensive sushi. Joining us now, Peter Elliott of Bloomberg Reserve. Was that a good sugui? A good sugui. Do I need expensive sushi? Um, no. As a matter of fact, you What's don't. What's the price to value ratio with sushi. These, this, this is this is one of my favorite stories of the moment. How many, how many, how many listeners and how many people here have seen either The Wolf of Wall Street or The Big Short? Yeah, everybody, everybody. You know, the, the Big Short starts and ends with the concept of Nobu that every trader has to, you know, eat there, be there, mm-hmm. do meetings there. Um, Nobu, which started in the nineties, sort of brag, dragged in a new, an era where. Everybody thinks sushi has to be a thousand dollars. I mean, it used to be just one restaurant called Masa or Nobu. Now every place from uh, New York to London specializes in the five hundred dollar right. sushi meal. When there's a news video of a tuna in Tokyo that sold for a zillion dollars, exactly. does a hunk of that tuna end up in a fancy restaurant now, in New York or Boston? It or Washington? really does, and this is like really this is yes, and it really does. Now this is the thing is is that there there is some good sushi that is worth it and there is some good sushi that is really not worth it so you know the sushi nakazawa in new york is the is the current you know go-to place for people one because it's hard to get into but let's face it mostly it's about knowing that you're getting the best kind of sushi and paying up the wazoo for it but mostly so that you'll be treated nicely by english-speaking waiters well, yeah because what's the different what is the best quality sushi as you say to me the best quality sushi is sushi zo where you have somebody no, no. He really knows. Not not the restaurant. I'm talking about how do you define 
the best quality. Oh, the quality. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to see the differences in quality amongst fish. And it really is unbelievably expensive. And we really are destroying the oceans and all of that good stuff. But the truth of the matter is, does your average trader, does your average Joe know the difference between, um, you know, sushi at Katagiri or sushi at Itsu in London, which is, you know, the bottom lowest grade of sushi and the sushi that they're going to get at Sushi Nakazawa? Not really. <laughs> you know, when most people really just don't know the difference. So you can buy cheap sushi and be just fine with it. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't personally, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing the differences in grade. So people tend to go for the very expensive sushi as a way of knowing that they're getting the best quality. The it's like ordering, it's like ordering the most expensive wine on the wine list as a way of getting that you're getting the best thing. The o- yeah, uh, can I just add, the only Please. thing that there's more of in New York than Dwayne Reed drugstores is sushi restaurants. Correct. Uh, how do I know whether that particular restaurant has the best quality? The, the real reason, the real way to do it, my friend, is to look. Uh, most sushi puts their sushi up on a bar and you can check. If it's looking a little peaked, or looking like, you know, you probably look at the end of the day at work, then don't do it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it really is that simple. And then you get to know the sushi masters in the city who really are going out of their way to get the best quality fish. Okay, uh, microeconomic question. I'm looking at Sushi, sushi Zoe. I love the Sushi Legend uh, newsletter. Um, the, the subtitle is great. Getting mercury poisoning so you don't have to. There you go. It's, it's great. But, but Peter uh, Elliott, what's the markup? I mean, if it costs $175 for a hunk of fish the size of my, you know, third finger, who's cleaning up? Oh, the, the markup on, you know, Larry Gagosian and Massa uh, on the Upper East Side, they are definitely mopping Why up. Why doesn't Danny Meyer <laughs> do sushi? Um, probably because he's got too many morals. Um, uh, hate that. Um, 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 I, that's probably an excellent idea. We should ask that the next time we have Danny in. Um, it is it is actually a very difficult business because the purchasing of the fish is a very, very a whole difficult thing. thing. Yeah. Um, is the markup, though, extreme? Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> part of getting okay. the most expensive wine on the wine list. Sorry. 30 seconds. Yes. That's all we got. This is more than forget about wine. This is really important. Should mere mortals have fancy Japanese knives in their kitchen or are they so sharp and so fancy they're a threat to our fingers? <laughs> um, the answer to that question is absolutely not. Most people, what Americans do or normal people do to normal knives is good enough for those knives. They should leave the Japanese knives to me. Or get them for me for Christmas. You are a font of wisdom. Bloomberg Reserve is just out with a really seriously intelligent article on sushi that Mike, Mike, do you like this stuff? I love sushi. Good. And and now I'm I'm better educated on what to look for and where to go. I think 12 News says Shake Shack is what I'm looking at. That was great. Peter Elliott, thank you uh, so much. Bloomberg Reserve just out. We'll do have a lot more fun with his April issue. As we do that, we'll go through April and into May. What a wonderful show. Major shout out. Mike Mayo, CLSA, for that last effort. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.